Hello everybody and welcome to this new episode of the Creative Insider. In this episode uh, I had a very much fun with my brother and friend Alessandro Cavarretta. He is from Milan and he has studied at Politecnico di Milano and he has uh, have a several experience in Spain and Argentina. We have talked about his way to becoming an architect and his dream of designing a stadium but it was very much fun and was very entertaining so yeah it was nice also because he was live in the new studio so he was the first live guest in the new studio and uh, yeah people uh, i want to tell you that uh, there are other big news by the end of the month i will be having some chat with some people from an office a visualization office called Luxigon, so one of the biggest offices in the world. So yeah, uh, go follow uh, at TCI Podcast on Instagram or The Creative Insider on Facebook and on LinkedIn and there will be the chance to send me your questions for our guest. So yeah, go follow. Thank you and enjoy our chat. Alessandro, how are you doing? Hi, I'm Gorgi. Hi, everybody. I'm really fine. Uh, <laughs> you're the first. You're the first. You're the first since a while that it's uh, in the first new studio, and you're the first since a while that's live. So we're recording face to face, not well, online. Well, this is really amazing, and I have to say that the studio is great. Yeah, it's uh, still not ready. There, there are stuff to do, but the new flats looks very good and yeah. it's very nice and I hope it will sound fine also in the podcast. Yeah, I like really, really very much. And thank you to inviting me here. It's really... Uh, yeah, we finally managed. We I have invited... You were like one of the first invited, but yeah, we it took a while. Yeah, you're right. But hopefully we, um, we don't have to wait other days or hours, only a few seconds that we can start. Yeah, of course, of course. So, cool. Cool that you're here. So, uh, for the people you don't know, of course, Alessandro is a very good friend of mine. Yes. We met here in Frankfurt. We are Italian expats in Germany. <laughs> yeah, yes. It really uh, is. I'm from Rome. He's from Milan. Yeah, uh, of course. A little rivalry here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but we're good friends. Yeah, really. And um, so, introduce yourself a little bit to the people. Who are you? What you do? Ah, okay. Um, hi again. I'm Alessandro Cavarretta. I'm from Milan, uh, like uh, Georgi said. I'm an architect and currently I'm living and working here in Frankfurt. How old are you, Alessandro? How old are you? Oh, too old. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Come on. 30. Okay, 32. 32. 33 yeah. is Jesus, Jesus age. So. Yeah, okay, I have <laughs> a few months. <laughs> a few months before. So... I invited you because um, I think it's very cool to have the opportunity to talk with friends about their path or becoming a professional creative as you did. And uh, in your case, there are very, very different topics, which to me are interesting because 
We have worked together for two, three years, I guess. Yes. And at work, we have chat, uh, chatted a lot about what you have done, what I have done. But we have never had like real time to talk about really what you have done in detail. Yeah. I know like more or less what mm -hmm. you have done, but I don't want I I don't know details. So today we're gonna uncover today, the yeah. the real story <laughs> behind behind your yourself. So you are an architect, as I am. Uh, mm -hmm. When in your life you decided you wanted to be an architect? Um, well, um, I don't remember the exact moment when I decided to be an architect. Um, in our family, we don't have relatives in the world of construction or architecture. Uh, only our grandpas, when they were uh, like young, uh, they work uh, for a few years uh, like carpenter and construction worker. Uh, but of course, like a lot of architects, I can say that when I was young, uh, I played a lot of with Lego and I really loved to draw. I really draw a lot. And during the years, I've kept uh, this passion, sketching, painting, technical draws. At my parents' home in garage, there are still <laughs> plenty of boxes full of our drawing. Um, You say our because people don't know that there are two cabaretas yes. which are like copy pasted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to be. I have to have. I have to do a, li a little clarification. Uh, yeah, like you said, it could possible that during the interview, <laughs> I'll speak in plural, and that is not because uh, I have uh, I don't know a split personality, <laughs> but because as you already said, uh, I have a twin brother, and uh, of course we did a lot of stuff together. And uh, whoever uh, has twins knows that sometimes we are used to speaking in plural. And of course, we ended up uh, study, studying architecture both. So, so maybe you'll be the first uh, brothers that come on the podcast. I first <laughs> interview you and then uh, interview your brother. Yeah. And uh, maybe we can have, make that happen when he comes in the next few weeks. Yeah, this, this would be super. He is uh, actually in London and uh, yeah. He's working there and living there. So it's great because he'll listen to the podcast of you and he'll be like, oh, I'm a twin brother. I need to do that too. I need to <laughs> yeah. go. Uh, of course, and this podcast is great, getting bigger and bigger. So Yeah, of uh, course. Uh, I know that. <laughs> Now, anyway, uh, if, if we come back to the to the question, I, um, I remember the mo a moment when I was uh, in the last year of, the, of secondary school, when I was about 13, Uh, when in the Italian school system, the students have to decide in which high school they want to go. And there are really a lot of possibilities. And I remember that there was uncertain between uh, Liceo Artistico and Liceo Scientifico Tecnologico. And for the people that are listening now and they're not Italian, Uh, I can simplify that one is uh, more artistic and the other more scientific. Yeah, the one, the first one is the uh, the one I've studied. Yes, yeah. I went to the school of art, and you went to the technical school, like of it's about um, sort of preparing you for engineering and stuff like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was also like for me not so. It was not so like a um, a easy decision. Even thought inside, I was almost sure that in the future I wanted to do something in the world of construction and in the art, in the art high school, there was even a course in architecture. In the end, I decided to go to the other school, to the scientific one. 
I went to the artistic one because uh, I saw there was architecture after the third yeah. year, and I was like, okay, let's go for that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. But for me, at that age, I didn't want uh, you know to take the uh, path so specific that it would have restricted my future choices. And if I had changed my mind about architecture, for example, I would have uh, a, a wider choice. Uh, at, at the end, I didn't change <laughs> the idea. And at the end of high school, I was uh, pretty sure that I wanted to study architecture. But I have to say that I am glad that I made that decision uh, because the, the scientific school gave me an important basis for my future uh, further university studies. I don't know, like uh, the method of study and the scientific knowledge. So it was a... I was pretty happy because I, I knew how to use different softwares and draw in AutoCAD already. Mm -hmm. So like all the other students were like, oh my God, he knows a lot of shit. But uh, concerning maths and static and physics, I was it was just, I my my goal was to pass <laughs> the exam. That's it. No, yeah. no further goal. Like if you pass the exam, that's a big success. Um And, um, okay, so you decided that you wanted to be an architect. To but did you discuss that with your brother? Like, were you both two together? And, uh, dude, what are we doing? Uh, yeah, of course, uh, we, we spoke about a little bit. And uh, I was pretty sure, like, from, from, from the beginning, <laughs> almost. And my brother, it was, he had uh, different ideas. But at the end, uh, he decided also to, to study architecture. Um, but... Uh, we were not in the same uh, faculties because um, I will uh, a little bit inform also the, the people that in, in, in Milan and in the Politecnico di Milan there are a different department of architecture. So you studied, as you said, at Politecnico di Milano, mm -hmm. Politecnico of Milan, which is uh, recently I've seen some chart or something. It's always like around top 10 of um, universities for architecture in the world. Yeah. So there was another cool cool reason to invite you to tell the people more about how one of the top universities in the world uh, works and how you can get into the university. And um, yeah, I haven't studied in Milan, but Rome is also good. <laughs> I've studied in the biggest university. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know. Now, um <clears throat> Uh, as you know, I'd like to start to, uh, from the beginning. Um, and it was, if I remember well, uh, summer 2007, when I took uh, my high school diploma. And I already knew yeah, that I want to study architecture. And I had to do an entrance exam, a test. Um, like I already said, I'm from Milan. And there, uh, there is the Politecnico di Milano. It's not a bad, uh, it's not so bad uh, university. <laughs> um, and for this reason, I had also a lot of pressure because, uh, as you know, there are not so many positions. Um, like uh, spots, like for... Spots, yeah. This is the, the right uh, word. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll help you. People will understand. And uh, the request is extremely high. And above all, I had also no plausible alternative. I had one in case the test didn't go well, uh, a course without the entrance test. It was like administrative sciences or something like that. But it, was, it would uh, have been a fallback. 
uh, only not to remain like a year without university. So, uh, and it was really no a credible choice. And for me, there was clearly only one sh- scenario, pass the test and study architecture. <laughs> and, and I remember that... <clears throat> But the other faculty was without entrance test. You just, subs- just uh, subscribe for the faculty, then you study the, uh, the, your plan B. My plan B, yeah, it was like... Just you subscribe and you're good to go. Yeah, yeah, it was like without tests. Um, but I remember before uh, the test, there was like also the chance in the university uh, to do a pre-test week uh, where people could uh, be trainee and understand which kind of question uh, there were and it was uh, really helpful. And as you know, the, these uh, multiple choice questions varied from general culture to log- logic from maths to art, English. And I really, really remember the, the test day because thousands of people were there only for a few hundred places. And they estimate it was like um, one every six, seven people. That is uh, one person in seven would have made it. And only design uh, was worse. It was like one in 10. Uh, but fortunately, I passed the test and I could study architecture. Do, do you remember uh, how many spots there were and which number were you in the... Was this, this is a, a good a good question. I, I don't remember uh, well, but uh, I mean, in uh, my uh, faculty and my course of study, Architettura delle Costruzioni, there, was, uh, there were like uh, 150 places. And um, I was maybe in general uh, 600 or 700 in the, in the general uh, classification. Okay. And uh, I, I, could start, I could study in, this, uh, in what I choose. And it was really... Uh, I, I can tell you the story about how I got into the yeah, faculty. Please. <laughs> because uh, in Rome was the same. I think it was one every five people. And um, I think, you know, when you study in a school of arts, uh, it's a school where, you know, you can go and study because you want to study arts, but there are also a lot of people which are uh, punk, hippie, and they do a lot of drugs and <laughs> they study more painting and not architecture. So not a lot of students make it to, and it's also easier to pass if you wanted to without studying that much. So I went, um, my plan was that um, I have to get into the University of Architecture and the plan B was to go one year in London, work in London and then go come back to study architecture. Oh, wow. And uh, me and my best friend from the high school, we decided to, to do the test. But, um, and we did it for the hardest uh, courses of studies because they're like normal university, three years and then a master, mm-hmm. bachelor and master. And we did the five-year master. Oh. which is the more most prestigious. And um, there were 350 spots and um, there were 3,000 people. So you're in many buildings, mm-hmm. many places. Yeah. Uh, I think we were, because we were, have the similar letter of our last name, we went in the same room. And that was, I think, 2012. So it was the year when they just uh, released the movie Batman, the third part with uh, Chris... Uh. Christopher the, Nolan. The Night Rise. Uh, yeah, something like that, where there is Bane, where they put mm-hmm. them in the PD and he needs to 
to go out and he succeed only when he he doesn't have a rope. Okay. So we were like, okay, we don't have plan B, <laughs> but we don't have a rope, so we know that we're going to make it. And I studied, um, I remember I bought like, do you know, there are those books with uh, the questionnaires. Because mm-hmm. as you said, the questions are not related to what you're going to study really. Yes. So that everybody can get into. And um, I've studied the whole summer. I was doing those things. It looks like the, for the people who don't know, it looks like when you do the driving license. You just yes. solve a lot of them and then you, so you get some of those questions. And my friend didn't do shit all summer. And he got like number 50. Wow. I was number 150 or something. Wow. But uh, when he, he, and I remember one day I was checking for the, re- the results, but there was nothing in the morning. And I went to visit a friend and then he calls me like, we got it. We are in, we're in. Oh, I was like, oh, so cool. So yeah. this is how it for me also was. Yeah, I mean, I also really, I was relieved because uh It was really a lot of pressure. And I studied Architettura delle Costruzioni, like I said, uh, I would say the classic one, uh, with a strong base of static, mechanic, and Andrea, my brother, he decided to go to Architettura Ambientale, that uh, with uh, more focus on alternative materials. Because I don't know um, how is in La Sapienza Rome, but at the time, in the Politecnico di Milano, like I said, there was like two architecture departments, two faculties, and two, three course of study each. And at the end of uh, your university career, you were in uh, any case an architect, that of course, but with a different background, a different uh, philosophy. <laughs> so it, would, it could uh, really have at end different knowledge, but it... Yeah, for 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 uh, the the Roman university is the same, but uh, that was more differentiated in the um, three plus two year. Mm-hmm. So there you have many different studies like you do in Milano, but I studied the five year. So you actually study all together the same thing in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then you have during your studies you have um, choices, and when you do the choices, then you um, you differentiate your background Mm -hmm. but i choose i was in erasmus here in frankfurt so i picked up courses of studies which were evaluated in italy like something but they were not that (laughs) same thing so and i remember i needed to do mathematics too Mm -hmm. and in rome it's impossible i wouldn't i don't know i wouldn't have become architect if i needed to do it there And I picked up a class here, which was about some wooden constructions. <laughs> and I said that we need to calculate some shit for that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, that's the mathematic curse. And they were like, okay. And <laughs> I never did. That, that's, what, but that's what people in Europe go to Erasmus to do the yeah. exams they wouldn't do at the home <laughs> university. Yeah, when I was in Erasmus, I did something like that also. Mm-hmm. So you studied, this is your bachelor, and how was the, the, the studies in Milano? Was it very hard? How was it? How uh, was your life? In- yeah, uh, it was uh, hard, I have to say. Um, but yeah, I have to say that during the first years in the university, uh, my target was uh, only f- finishing the study. Uh, I didn't want delay. Maybe it could be, I don't know, that I felt a little bit and. Uh, an intentional pressure from my parents 
uh, because they paid our rent to the for the university and we lived with them and they often told us how important it was to finish uh, the study in time and maybe also because at the beginning i probably i don't know leave the university as if i was still in high school because i mean it was uh, with this mentality that uh, going to class going home doing homework preparing for exam and moving on uh, but then uh, as them as time went by i realized that um, the university could uh, offer more and that it was really a big occasion to increase uh, not only knowledge but also connections or to make international experience like Erasmus. Um, and the opportunity presented itself in my first year of my master's degrees because after my bachelor thesis, I decided to change my course of study. Uh, same faculty, same department, same building, but different course of study. But did you need to do again an access uh, test? No. No, just no, it was like uh, direct. Ah, okay. And uh, but how was the bachelor? Was it very difficult? Yeah, it was really um, a lot of work. It was like a really a lot of uh, static mechanic. And for this reason, I decided that after these three years, I wanted to change this course of study because um, I really learned a lot. But uh, all this stuff, all these uh, uh, subjects like mechanic, it was really um a lot of a lot of hours a lot of exams and it was too much and uh, i wanted to do less of it and i wanted something where i could concentrate more on aesthetic part uh, of the project the volumes uh, the shapes and also interior design and so uh, i remember that a lot of people decided to change the course of study for the same reasons but anyway this For three years, this bachelor, it was really interesting. It was, uh, we did really a lot of projects um, and on not only like uh, uh, new buildings on also the, the renovations, restoration. It was, uh, it was nice. And we, we worked a lot also during the night, <laughs> I remember. Yeah, we did. Like I, I have two personal best. One is uh, three nights in a row. And the second one is, I think, four nights in a row. And at the end of the four nights in the morning, I went with a friend because he needed to shower back home. And I was like, because he wanted to drive. And I told him, you cannot go yourself because you want to fall asleep and nobody can be able, will be able to wake you up. And the same morning we needed to do to present the project. So I went with him and I sat on his couch and he went showering. And meanwhile, when he was showering, I felt asleep. Wow. And then he started shaking me for 15 minutes to wake me up because I couldn't wake yeah. up. Yeah, and then it's, it's really crazy sometimes. Uh, some days, uh, these days before the exam, they are so crazy. I remember one time that I was uh, with two friends of mine that we didn't sleep for like uh, two or three nights in a row. And then we started to do like uh, 15 uh, minutes naps. Uh, and it was like horrible because... Uh, After 30 seconds, you were uh, fell asleep, asleep. And after only 10 minutes or 15 minutes, you had to wake up again. So somebody came to wake you up? Or yeah. how, uh, oh, man, that's it was like zombie. torture. Yeah, totally. But 
And then you switched to the master and you said that you have discovered this whole new realm of opportunities. Yes, but uh, it was not like I thought because uh, when um, uh, I was in this new course of study, uh, I faced some professor with uh, so a different philosophy in teaching architecture uh, compared to my professor of the first years. Um, you know, this... Uh, a theoretical professor with a lot of knowledge and with a lot of experience within the university walls, but without concrete and tangible experience outside. And I was, like I said, in my first years of master and I was not so really happy with my, I don't know the name, this uh, Laboratorio di Progettazione, this, uh, my design workshop, my yeah, project exactly. course. Design workshop. Yeah, and that was a, a big deal because uh, that was more than uh, 20 credit points and it was the most important exam. And also because that design workshop would have been preparatory for the one of the following year. And that means that I would have had two years to develop the same project with the same professor. And I really, really didn't like the fact that before to start to design my building, I had to do one year analysis of the history of the area or the context and other boring stuff. <laughs> and uh, exactly in this moment, that moment, I decided to look around to search something that I could uh, like again. And I came with the idea to, to do an Erasmus. So you have talked about credit points. I want to explain to, because there are some people which are not from Europe, which listen mm -hmm. to the podcast. And I don't know if in other continents they have different systems. They yeah. can contact the social media channels of the podcast to, de to say that. But here in Europe, we have these credit points which define how difficult an exam is. And this is why... Uh, because of Erasmus. Mm -hmm. Erasmus is this exchange program. And so when you go abroad you need to have the same credit points so yes. you have done the same difficulty the same the same exam of the same difficulty and that's how they um they do the comparison and then they take the grade from abroad to the local university and so you decided to go to 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 an erasmus yes. and how did you pick up your destination also, <clears throat> I started to take an interest in it and my goal was um, to go to the Iberian Peninsula, uh, Spain or Portugal, also because I really liked the architects from there, uh, like Alvaro Siza, Soto de Mora, Rafael Moneo, Bofil, Campo Baeza. They were often my reference during my architecture projects. And um, I always also find nice uh, Spain, and the Spanish life. <laughs> it's like Italian, just in <laughs> yeah. Spanish. <laughs> yeah. And of course, the difference, the, um, the language, it's different, but uh, really similar and would not have been a problem. Um, so I remember that I applied for cities like uh, Valencia, Madrid, Coimbra. Co do, do the Spanish pronunciation, Valencia. Valencia. <laughs> <laughs> Coimbra in Portugal and as last choice, Granada. <laughs> uh, all quite a uh, coveted destination. I remember, for example, that for Valencia or uh, Madrid, uh, there were only two available places uh, each and more than 20 people showed up for the interviews. It was crazy. 
after several interviews. But uh, mm-hmm. what did you do to get the spot for those universities? You have to. Uh, you had to uh, speak with a professor in uh, Milan, yeah. and you have to bring like a portfolio with your project, and you had to show them your uh, capacity, like to with the languages, with uh, why you want to go there, something like that. And mm. but um, how many people are there, like in your studies, like course? Because in, I think in Rome it's just too big, mm-hmm. so the system is they just look at your average uh, grade. Mm-hmm. So you you don't bring a portfolio. You go there. My average grade is this one. Okay, you can pick the first, mm-hmm. and then every university has spots. So there is you apply for this uh, chart, mm-hmm. and then. They do like first day, 30 people goes. And then some of the universities, for example, the Politecnico de Madrid, mm-hmm. all the, the best schools like uh, Munich uh, goes away. And then the second wave goes. Big, the, and then the last few people go to Poland. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't think Poland is bad. Just people yeah, yeah. from Italy want to go somewhere else. But a lot of people which went to Czech Republic or Poland were super happy or to Bulgaria too because mm-hmm. they were like, oh, we had a lot of great time and it was super cheap and the girls loved us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I picked, uh, I was the second wave because uh, I, I was also like you, I was thinking, okay, I have two options. Whether I go to Germany mm-hmm. to make some connections and later I can find a job there or I go to Spain because I will learn about architecture. And uh, I told my parents, mm, maybe I should go to Madrid because mm-hmm. we can easily fly to there and I know people and it's easy to, uh, I mean, uh, Spanish, it's not difficult. It's not like German. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, then I, and then they told me that it was very hard to, because they need to send letters to the universities mm-hmm. to make us go. So they said uh, the deadline for Frankfurt is too close and blah, blah, blah. And then I was in this waiting room with a lot of my friends. And they were like, where are you going to go? I'm like, Madrid. Oh, Madrid. Uh, maybe that other, but no, no, Frankfurt, Madrid. <laughs> and I get in and they, I sit and the professor I knew, she asked me, where do you want to go? I'm like, Frankfurt. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end, I managed to come to Frankfurt. Okay. And so you did the portfolio and everything. And, mm-hmm. and then I went there and I spoke with... Uh, Uh, two or three professor also because there are like uh, one professor has like more uh, different universities have to uh, manage different universities so it was like I spoke with one professor for the city for Valencia and uh, Granada and with other uh, another professor only for uh, the University of Madrid and so it was really like a long process and also there it was not so easy because in the Spanish universities, the the spots uh, were not so not so much. It was like only uh, two or three places uh, uh, for each university. And yeah, after these several interviews, I received the free pass for uh, Granada. So Granada was your last choice. Yes, yes, <laughs> the last choice. How many choices did you have again? Uh, I had uh, four. Four. So mm-hmm. oh, plan D. Yeah, it was really. It was like not not a plan. It was mm-hmm. like because I had two 
but uh, it was not in my it was not in my mind. I think my plan D was something like Cobus, <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in I think it's in Eastern Germany. I'm not sure anymore, but that was my plan. No, I, no. Like I said, I have to be honest. At the time when I put Granada in that list, uh, I was not aware about uh, incredible beauty of the city and the fact that uh, it was the Erasmus city par excellence. Did you already see Granada? You went I've already ne there? I've never been there. But I'm now curious to ask you something beside architecture. Yes. Uh, how did uh, La, La Cristina react <laughs> to, to the little son living? So yeah. La Cristina, it's uh, Alessandro's mom. Yes. Uh, a lot of greetings to Cristina when she listened to this <laughs> podcast. Ciao, mamma. <laughs> uh, ciao, Cristina. Ci vediamo presto. So... Um, Yeah, what did your parents, how did they react to this um, thing? I have to say, they they wasn't not... Uh, um, uh, uh, at the beginning, they started to like, ah, okay, could be interesting, no? but they thought that maybe it could be only an idea that uh, because they, they did or they knew already that it was like a long process. And so maybe they thought, okay, Alessandro, maybe had only an idea, but nothing, con nothing really... Like concreto, and that's uh, very Italian. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's just talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, then they told me, like, uh, but are you sure? <laughs> It's uh, don't you want to stay here and uh, I don't know, want to uh, finish your university uh, and then uh, start a direct uh, any job? But then they saw me that I was really, I wanted to do that. And so they were like uh, really happy that I could uh, have the possibility to, to do this great experience. And uh, when I was there in Granada and I have to, to search, um, I was searching a flat, an apartment, they decided Christina, Antonio, my father, and Andrea, my brother, <laughs> all uh, the family together, we were in Granada, and they helped me with the search of uh, my flats. And also because they, they said to me, okay, we never been in uh, Granada, it's a really good occasion to, to see a new part of Spain. And so you went, for how long did you go and when did you live in summer? or in, when Yes, it was, uh, I was there in August. And at the beginning, I had a six-month contract. But after a few weeks there, I realized that I wanted to stay longer. <laughs> How did you realize that? How were your first day in Spain? How was Because when I came here, it was very much... Uh, I came a little later as everyone else mm -hmm. because I needed to do some stuff in Italy. Uh, and it was a lot of events for Erasmus people and we were just a community international from everywhere. How was your experience there? Um, I was there really early because it was, uh, like I said, uh, end August. And so when I was in the university, we, we did uh, this uh, bureaucracy stuff in 10 minutes. And then they told me, okay, we'll see in two weeks. <laughs> so I had fun. So I had the first two weeks uh, where I can, I can, what I could, uh, see the cities and, uh, know, uh, new, uh, new people. And Granada is a little bit, it's smaller than Frankfurt. So, uh, this, this, it's smaller than, uh, Frankfurt, but the community, the Erasmus community is so big. And so it was like, 
Only if you went to the, I don't know, to the street, you could uh, direct uh, meet people. So it was like uh, no need to organize a meeting or something like that in internet. It was really the real Andalusian uh, philosophy so with, uh, to really leave the streets uh, with the bar of tapas, uh, students from all over the world. Uh, this Andalusian culture, it was really, really uh, a nice experience. And for me, it was also my first long experience outside Italy. And so, and outside home with your parents, also. Yeah, also, yeah. I during the high school, I was like for uh, two weeks, like in uh, Finland or in uh, other places. But yeah, yeah, for uh, so long, it was um, the first time, and was so a uh, a beautiful, positive cultural shock. <laughs> well, was the cultural shock uh, between Italy and Spain? Because to me, it's very, very similar. I've been only to Barcelona so far, mm-hmm. but it was very weird because I went when there were a lot of uh, riots against, uh, because they, they have this weird thing to say they're Catalonia and not Spain. And for people who are not from there, it's hard to understand. And that also, I don't know, the coffee was not that good as I expected, <laughs> but the rest was super cool. No, it, I've, yeah, the culture is uh, quite similar, but maybe like you said, it was also... Maybe because for me it was the first experience um, abroad alone, and so it was like uh, so positive and so so nice to meet so all these students from all of all over part of the world. So and so you how how was uh, studying in Spain? How was the difference between Italy and Spain? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that in um, yeah in the university. Uh, I could see the different uh, approach to teach and to see architecture. Um, for example, for uh, my biggest design project there, I have had a professor, Antonio Jimenez Torresillas, a famous architect in Granada. Uh, I had lucky that I had the possibility to work and study with him. Uh, even all the students knew that uh, you had to work hard with him but it was worth it. Um, although it was a famous architect, his lectures uh, were colloquial. He didn't stand on a halter judging the students <laughs> like some professor in Italy. Like a lot of professors yeah. in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was really like a, a continuous exchange of ideas and opinion. Uh, he never like uh, flanked a student's idea, but he always encourage us to de- develop uh, this an initial idea. So it was like so, so nice. And, uh, you know, I didn't even have to speak the polite form to him. And the uh, weekly reviews of the projects were not individual, but the whole class participated. Uh, how many people were you in the class almost? This was like, uh, it was a small class, only... 12, 15 people. Wow, okay. Because in Rome, all the design class are like 70, mm-hmm. 80. Yeah. And um, this is why I'm doing the podcast because all the professors in Rome make the students feel like uh, they're this um, God, this mm-hmm. entity. And that whatever they're going to do in their life, it's not going to be that good. Yeah. So I want to the people that listen, not only students, but in general, to, to see that it's a very hands-on world where yes. you do something so you need to be you have to be theoretical but also very hands-on and that you have to follow just 
the steps in your life and you'll find the the professional yeah. way. This is really, really important. And this teaching approach uh, uh, struck me positively, of course. And uh, something that also I <clears throat> found it really positive, uh, it was that during uh, my experience there, I could also take some courses in other faculties. Uh, for example, I took a course of ur urbanistic, urbanistic at the Faculty of Engineering, uh, uh, a course of urban sustainability at the Faculty of Sociology. And this way of uh, leaving the student the choice of being able to deal uh, with different topics and to try so many different realities is something that I think it's very positive and I think an Italian university should should copy. Uh, at the Politecnico di Milano, it would be very nice if you as student could take, I don't know, a lessons at the design faculty. And um, apart, did you do any exams that uh, were easier to do in Spain uh, than in Italy? Or was it as hard as in Italy to study in Spain as a Erasmus student? Um, good question. I have to say that uh, the difficulty could be the same. Maybe in Erasmus, uh, my concentration concentration in university was not so high <laughs> because I had a lot of uh, distractions. But uh, like I said, it was it was really nice to. Um, I worked also with. Uh, students from Granada or from the north of uh, Spain and uh, it was really nice to see also how can they approach to these uh, projects and uh, but the def difficulty I have to say that would, would it was difficult same. because you were drunk most of <laughs> yeah sometimes <laughs> sometimes no Christina don't listen <laughs> but uh, a part of the studies mm -hmm. in, in, in Granada I just think that's a big moment also for your life because you met uh Teresa there. Yes, I met uh, Teresa, my actually girlfriend. No, she's your fiance. No? My fiance, yes. And and soon wife. So Yeah, yes. So it was like a a big change in my life. I, I, I have also to say ciao Teresa. <laughs> no, of course, uh, or hallo Teresa in German. So we make it more international. Yes. Um no, I think it's very cool and I think this is also something very cool about you because You are a couple that's, uh, I don't know, there is every year a statistic how many couples are uh, generated okay. through Erasmus. So <laughs> yeah. how many Erasmus children also there are. So yeah, but it's, so it's uh, cool to yeah, do that it, experience. Yeah, and it's something that we didn't talk about. We started to see each other in our at the end of our university uh, time. And then... Uh, We started a long distance relationship and then we 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 live together. We started to live together. Still together. Yes, yeah, still together. Good. And uh, when you finished uh, the Erasmus, you went back to Milan and was your final year or how did yes, it work? Yes, yeah, yeah, more or less. Because yeah, uh, when I came back from the Spanish experience, <laughs> I didn't want to come back with the whole professor. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure if I already said, but the topic of his design workshop was a student residence and I personally never found the subject so interesting. Uh, I had come to find out that another professor was dealing with the subject of sports architecture. And because of my big passion about football and stadium, 
Hai fan soccer, soccer for soccer, them, yeah. for the Americans. Calcio for the Italian. Calcio, yeah, that's the, the real deal. I found that's uh, perfect for me. But um, so how it works in Milan, based on the professor you pick, uh, then you get the subject of your thesis. So all the students that are with that professor do the same subject? Yes. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Because in Rome, everybody have their own subject. You know, in uh, there it was like that one professor has a, has or the head a subject and you had to to stay there and to to do and to plan and draw what he said and, and do they do every year the same subject yes or, oh they're so lazy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because in uh, in germany works the same way but um no no sorry in italy in the design workshops mm -hmm. uh in rome every design workshop is exactly that so if you if If you go back to, to Rome to study now, mm -hmm. and if you study the first year or the second year my, my, with my professors, you'll be doing the same projects, I'm sure. They changed maybe once, 10 years, I don't yeah, know. This is unbelievable. I, I really, I don't know how can they do that. No, for them, it's very easy. Well, for them, yeah, it's, it's very easy because they need to do also other things like mm -hmm. uh, being architects, probably. And so when they know very good this subject, they will easy for them but it's also good for the students because here in germany every student gets the same um, subject for mm -hmm. the thesis and they do sort of competition so i think it's good because you can have five people that do the same yeah, thing and you can nice. see which one is the best and so your 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 thesis topic is also another reason why we're having this chat so what was the topic yeah um like i said it was like a football stadium and uh, yeah um Since I was a child, I always play football. And and which is your favorite team? There is only one team, <laughs> AC Milan. <laughs> oh, Rossonero. So yeah. all the people from Inter are going to hate this episode, but <laughs> you have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because like I said, it's uh, I always play football and like the 90% of the kids in Italy, my dream was to be a football player. And have a velina. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I was thinking a few days ago that back in the days when I was a kid, uh, kid um, the dream was to be a football player and mm -hmm. having a girlfriend like Velina. Velina are like dancers in this um, every TV, everyday yeah. show yeah, on the television. And I was thinking now the girl and the girls dream to be Veline and the uh, uh, and the kids, the boys still dream to be football players or now also trapper. <laughs> and uh, oh, and and the and the I think the girls don't do not dream anymore to be Velina, but to be um, influencer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, but it was really really nice because my dream, yeah, like I said, it was to be a football player. Then my dream changed a little bit because I wanted to be a football player and play football in a stadium that I designed by myself. And currently, my dream is just design a stadium. <laughs> <laughs> because because <laughs> 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 you discovered your feet are not good enough for being a football uh, because player. Because now I'm too old. <laughs> I, I'm gray hair, so. <laughs> And so you designed uh, this uh, stadium for, for for how how was the what was yeah. exactly the subject? Yeah, um, only to say um, a small thing because I I think about I thought about where my passion for this uh, stadium came by and um, 
like I said, I always play football. I started when I was five and nowadays I'm still playing here in Germany. And maybe the fact that almost every weekend I was in a different sports center to play against other teams during our championship and to see so many different, I don't know, dressing rooms, bleachers, fields, bars affect me and make uh, increase my interest for this world. Of course, I played only in a small stadium, except one time when I played in San Siro, a 40 minutes match before an AC Milan game where my brother even also scored a goal. But this is another story. <laughs> um, sometimes when I played, I thought how could this, I don't know, this small field, small bleacher be better? How many fans would have cheered at one of my goals if the grandstand had been designed differently? Um, and of course, I always was fascinated to, by big stadiums. And, but particularly, I'm falling in love with two of them. And you know both. One is San Siro, I guess. Yes. And the other is uh, Rome. It's a, an old stadium. Uh, I don't know. Colosseo. Ah, the Colosseum. <laughs> well, that's a little bit an older stadium. Yeah, it's a really, really but old one. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish to place anything in that stadium. Because <laughs> 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 the chance getting out of that stadium <laughs> were not big. Yeah, but you, you know, like it's every time that I was uh, in San Siro, it was like a, a full body experience started from the subway station. So this walk uh, that you take from there to the stadium, the quars, the firecracker, the paninari. <laughs> that for paninari are like the food trucks and, yes. and the other countries. But uh, in, in Rome, we call them zozzone. <laughs> zozzone means someone very dirty because they're usually very yeah. full of uh, fat and yes. dirty. But the, the panini, they are really, really taste. And... The, of course, that this emotion can obviously give you many other stadiums in the world. Uh, but the difference with the other one is that personally, I've always found San Siro incredible beauty and elegant, both from the inside and uh, outside. And, you know, this, uh, I don't know, this emotion that you have when you see suddenly 80,000 people all together in a frame and you have goosebumps. It's really, it's really nice. And uh, despite its size, the several changes through the years, the use of so much concrete, the fact that it has been enlarged and renovated several times, has always maintained its characteristic. And these curves uh, that follow one to another, this space of full of empty, and uh, I really, I really like it. <laughs> No, it looks very beautiful, but uh, I don't know if the people who are in the architectural field maybe know that uh, now it's been discussed that mm -hmm. sooner or later will be actually gone. Yeah, there is a big chance. Yeah, so. yeah, and so this influenced your your idea of the of the thesis, but your thesis wasn't uh, a stadium of the size of San Siro. No, yeah, uh, no, it was not so big. Um, All the other students this, um, that was in this course of study designed a sports hall or a swimming pool. Uh, I was the only who would design a football stadium. 
and we could choose uh, between fixed areas where we can do our uh, project and or or in uh, Sesto San Giovanni it's like a city near Milan um at the beginning i really wanted to design a big football stadium and in that days inter the other football team in Mel, the other football team in milan the second one uh, wanted to uh, build a new one and so i remember that i went to the headquarters of inter and i asked a meeting with some marketing or development manager because i wanted to design something real and i wanted to ask a uh, collaboration i wrote also a couple mails i did uh, several phone calls but then obviously nothing happened they didn't reply at all or no or they just said no no they said ah, okay could be a great idea let's uh, stay in contact but then uh, it was so uh, too big and uh, then i decided with my professor that uh, considering the size of these available project areas a small stadium could be better for the contest and for this reason i ended up designing a stadium for uh, 15000 people but it was really interesting it was not easy <laughs> um to design an entire football stadium by myself but at the end it was really satisfying What what were the main subjects you needed the main problems you needed to solve? Both. Uh, in like I know that's a lot but the main like I don't know structure secure how deep it was your design how was the story of this design? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was uh, deep of course and uh, of course you know these uh, uh these ways also it, it was really important not only the structure or the building you had also to think how 15000 people could can uh, go together all together in a stadium and uh, in 5 or 10 minutes could uh, i don't know with uh, corridors exit way go out and so it was like all the process and also it it was only not only like a project there in this area i or I also thought um that i had to think about how could people go there so it was not only like uh, with this uh, public transportation or only or also with uh, private so you have to really think also in the urbanistic way yeah it's like an infrastructure it's yeah. um, but um did you have the chance in the back in the days as a student to because i've seen some documentaries about the olympic stadium in beijing mm -hmm. uh, so that they do some simulations how people get in and how people get out of course they did the best simulations in the world because it's a state but they did a simulation to compare it with uh, the colosseum mm -hmm. back in the days and to in today's stadium in the colosseum was better yeah i, I mean uh, for this reason i really really liked colosseum because i was uh, always fascinated how the roman in the 72 after christ could design and build so a perfect and beauty machine capable of uh, accommodating more than uh, 50,000 people and emptying itself in a few minutes thanks to the efficient corridors and exit ways it was like capable also of hosting all kind of events from gladiator fights to naumachi 
at where the stadium was literally filled with water and simultaneous uh, and simulations of naval battles took place. It was unbelievable. I always tell you, Rome is way better <laughs> yeah. than Milano. I don't need even to do it. You do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like you know that this uh, the Vitruvian triangle: utilitas, firmitas, venustas, solidity, uh, function, and beauty, and Colosseo at. All the trees. And so you you designed uh, did you design the um, the stadium without any interruptions or you did other international uh, experience in between? Yes. How I, how long did it take you to design your team? It was one and a half year. One and a half mm -hmm. year. So you did all the research. Uh, yes. And did you work because you? How many students did you work on that subject? Um, I was alone for my project, but in our uh, um, faculty. Yeah, and I have to say in our course of study or the, with this professor that uh, did this uh, sport uh, architecture, um, we were like 20 people. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it was also not so big. But yeah, yeah, like you said, during my master's studies, I had to do also an internship. And in that period, my girlfriend, uh, who is German, <laughs> were uh, three... Hi, Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> Hi again. <laughs> Uh, were for three months in Buenos Aires, uh, Argentina, because she, Argentina, Argentina, <laughs> <laughs> because she did an internship uh, at the German embassy. Oh, cool. yeah, it was uh, it was cool. Uh, so I decided that instead of going there and meet her only a few days during a holiday, uh, because a few, I mean, a day is a flight probably. Yeah, uh, uh, could be better like organize an internship there too, and so. I started to wrote uh, to write email. I contacted different architecture offices, and then I found one that accepted me for uh, an internship, and it was the Studio Isenson. Um, it was really, really a super beautiful experience. I worked there for a, a month in the competition team, and we did an international concourse for a reconversion for an old prison in Cordoba in Argentina and we won also an honorable mention um, it was really cool the, the people the mentality I really liked also the atmosphere there I knew, I, I knew already the language because it's yes. Spanish yeah uh, is it very different the uh, Spanish Spanish from the Argentinian Spanish or I have to say that uh, a little bit there are a few words that they are uh, different and but also the pronunciation is different because the in in, Sp in Spain they put the f like like this <laughs> through the the th <laughs> but in uh, in Argentina they speak like uh, Like an Italian that uh, speak, uh, speaks speaks ah, uh, okay. Spanish, <laughs> <laughs> like a Roman guy speaking Spanish. Yeah, but it was really, really like, and maybe also for this reason. Um, also, if I was more than ten ten thousand kilometers away, I felt like home. Uh, perhaps also because the influence that the Italian uh, immigrants that left when they moved there at the beginning of the last century. Uh, is still uh, present in the in the streets. Um, But did you design uh, also stadiums in this uh, studio where you? No, it, like I said, it was like only one month, and we did like this reconversion from this old prison. But 
it was also like a really interesting um, uh, something um, because when I was there, of course, that sometimes I spoke with uh, colleagues about my, my thesis and my stadium. And one of the boss told me that he knew someone, uh, the architect Jose Aslan, the son of the architect of the Estadio Monumental, Jorge Aslan. And he told me that he could arrange a meeting uh, with him if I wanted. And so uh, the Monumental is with the Bombonera and the Maracana, uh, one of the most iconic stadiums in South America, where uh, River Plate uh, plays. Oh, so we need to tell uh, Daniela Adani. Daniela Adani, yeah. it's an um, Italian journalist, crazy about uh, River Plate. River yeah, Plate. Yeah. And of course, I was shocked. And of course, I also accepted. Can you imagine me alone for like two, three hours in a private meeting at home of Jose Aslan? It was like uh, a really, really nice conversation. We spoke about football. You have spoken to his son or like... Yeah, with the, the, son, the son, with the son. Okay, but uh, is, he, is he an architect too? Yeah, he is also an architect and he also worked for the renovation at the Monumental. And mm. uh, so he gave me advices about detail, for example, that I can also use in my stadium. And uh, it was really a nice um, conversation because he was, uh, at the time, 75 years old. It was already like a, a, a little bit... Uh, How old is that stadium? Well, it's uh, this classical uh, South American stadium that they don't have roof, that they are like um, a big arena. And if I have to say, I... Uh, like more the Bombonera because it's like this. If you see the the stadium from uh, from above. the top, yeah, from above, it's like a a, a D. Uh, oh, okay, it's really really interesting. It's it's crowd. The the other one, the um, the Monumental, they have also the what is the the name of English? It is a uh, Pista di Atletica. So the track, the athletic the track, track. Yeah, and so it was like uh, not so. Uh, not so like I said. The people weren't that close to. Yes, okay. but I was there also to see a match, a football match, when I was there in in Argentina. Uh, so a match, it was like Argentina versus uh, Colombia. Did you see Messi playing? Or? Yes. Oh, yeah. Messi. It was good. only 20 minutes, but it was uh, enough. <laughs> well, it's... And uh, so um, what I wanted to ask you, did you go to this meeting with actually some plans of your own project or? Yeah, I had uh, some sketches and so, and uh, uh, he, he told me like, uh, he gave me some advice and, uh, but it was nice because we spoke of course about football, architecture, stadium, but also about life about tango for example oh. because in argentina it's like so so popular there uh, yeah it probably it's like uh, going having a coffee or something yeah everybody yeah. do it and it was really it would have been nice to stay there longer but like i said i stayed i was there only one month and then uh, i took like two or three weeks of vacation in uruguay brazilian and uh, it was really nice but of course, uh, I, uh, they also offered me to, to stay there uh, for another competition, but uh, duty was calling because my professor and my stadium were waiting to me in Italy. So I came back, I graduated, and directly I did my, with my brother, uh, the Italian state examination. 
Ah, okay. So uh, you came back, you complete your thesis. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess with the, how, how, how many points you scored on the final? 108. Uh, Out of 110. Yes. And uh, my brother, the same. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. always real twins. Yeah, really well, twins. I have one point behind you, 107. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's both really nice uh, notes, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so you did, uh, right after you co- mm-hmm. graduated, you did the exam of state or you, because in Italy to become architect, you need to do the yes. exam. Yes. In Germany, it's more complicated. You need to mm. do like two years of working as an architect yeah. and, and Um, if I remember uh, well, I finished my master thesis in April, mm-hmm. and in July I did my um, Italian state examination. And like you, I think already explained during one of your uh, old episodes, the Italian state its examination it's a little bit anachronistic um, because it's like there is like these three different parts, and the first day you have eight hours to think, design, and draw with your hands, ruler, and set square an entire project. And that is already like out of date because during the five university years, we design almost only with uh, software. And there are usually two, three topics that could be like, a, I don't know, residence house, a hotel, a hospital, or um, everything. And you have normally to draw maps, facade, details. You have also to calculate surfaces and write uh, text to explain and express your ideas. Um, I remember I chose to design a residential building in, uh, in a empty space um, in, a, I don't know, uh, how do you say Cortina Edilizia, a building facade? Yeah, know. the particular facade, it's like, uh, I think, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's the English name exactly of that <laughs> facade, but yeah, some sort of facade. I like this. Um, then the, the second part, it's like the day after you have to, you have four hours f- to write a paper. It's like they give you different drafts to articulate, <coughs> sorry, and explain the topic. Uh, could be something about famous architects, about specific matter, I don't know. I choose... Uh, the using of the natural light in the architecture. It was also interesting. And then the last part, when you pass the two fourth parts, two or three weeks later, you have a test for the, the last one, an oral exam where you speak about your project and then about the rules, the reg- regulation and the law of constructions. Very specific, very detailed. And how much did you study for that exam? Like the time between uh, April and July, so like eight months, nine months? No, a little bit. Uh, oh no, because pre April, yeah. so like two, three months. Yeah, it was really not so much. And um, after my master thesis, I really didn't feel like to prepare myself <laughs> for something so big and important after months of stress for my thesis. Uh, but then I had luck because uh, I could that I could do that with my brother because he graduated some months before and we decided to prepare the state examination together and uh, it was uh, like two months uh, also really stressed but um, it's it was nice and I don't know if you know already but uh, in in Milan it's usually hard really hard to pass these three parts 
And the percentage for the people that pass those exams is only 30%. It's really, it's like the lowest percentage in all Italy. And for this reason, you can hear like a lot of people that try that exam several times or <laughs> the people that they, are, they go to South Italy um, to try to do that uh, because uh, there the exams have a higher per percentage of promotion. Nothing against uh, the south of Italy, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that's very funny. I have heard a lot of stories about the exam in Rome that you know you don't know how you pass and how you don't pass. It's uh, I think the whole idea of this exam is stupid, but I think that uh, if they do it like in Germany, it will be even less possible because the situation for architects in Italy is so bad that It's very hard to find a place to work for two years and do all the phases and stuff like this. So maybe it makes sense there. And so you passed the exam, mm -hmm. you and your brother both. Yes. So you're very successful guys. No, it was like, uh, <laughs> it was cool. It was weird with luck. Uh, and then afterwards you were graduated, mm -hmm. you potentially an architect. And how did you transition to the professional life? How did you, what did you start working? Yeah, uh, before I have to drink a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you can drink, people, we drink, drink, it's just... Bevo. <laughs> we are here and the back sounds are making everything more uh, real, more <laughs> more authentic Yes. <laughs> in the new studio. Uh, so yeah, you completed all the exams mm -hmm. and you needed to start working something. Yes. So how did you find your first job? Also, um, I started looking a job and something that I... Uh, I used a lot was a career service. It was like a platform from Politecnico di Milano uh, where the companies and the architecture office could direct publish their job offers. And uh, I applied myself for a different position. And after only two or three weeks, I received uh, a call from um, Louis Vuitton Motenesi, this global luxury brand for an intern position in the facility management department um, in the Sephora company. Uh, you know, this uh, perfumery and cosmetic and uh, beauty treatments company. Um, we had working close cooperation with the construction and visual merchandising department and helped them with the new stories opening, the renovation of the old one, check the situation of the totality of the Sephora shop in Italy and the optimization of them. And I have to say that <clears throat> that was my first experience in this retail world. And I found that really interesting uh, to see this world from inside. And uh, it was also for me like a different feeling uh, to be like almost the only architect in our Uh, Milan headquarters with more than 100 employees. Um, but uh, after six months, I have to say that I missed a little bit the, the real architecture world because uh, I found this job a little bit um, repetitive, uh, also because we had to collaborate with an external architecture office that helped us with uh, the draw of these uh, executive plans. And also we couldn't design the interior design on our own. We had also to deal with um, the Sephora style center in France, which 
as I uh, dictated the rules and the guidelines. Yeah, because you have a brand that needs to look the same all, yes. all over the world. Yes. And so it was like, um, beyond that, uh, after these six months of internship, my bosses uh, were happy about my work and they offered me six months more, six months more of internship. How, how long you had six months and they offered you another six months? Yes, but even though the pay wasn't bad, I didn't want to, okay, uh, to get stuck in a job that couldn't value what I really value, what I studied during my university years. And so I decided to say goodbye and to focus on something else. And what was that something else? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like exactly at that time, um, some people that uh, we knew, uh, they had just taken uh, over like an old farmhouse in their ne uh, near Turin in, Pia in Piemonte and um, were willing to renovate it. A, a building in the, in the middle of nature, uh, they intended to start like a large vegetable garden to produce fruits, vegetables in a completely organic way. And they asked me, and uh, to me and Andrea, if we would be willing to develop uh, their renovation project. And they wanted to involve like young people with fresh ideas. And of course, we were uh, really very happy about this. And we started to go there to, to decide several times to take the measures to draw the current state of the building in AutoCAD and to outline a first project of reuse. But only after the, the first meetings, uh, we, are we realized that uh, the owners were not so willing to pay. They probably wanted to give young architects a chance to gain experience, but at the same time without paying. And so the project didn't go ahead. But I remember that uh, this experience had left uh, a bitter taste in my mouth. And I uh, was a bit afraid that this could be the norm in Italy. And so I started to, to look around uh, in uh, also direction Germany. Yeah, because you were still like having a relationship with yes. Teresa. So, and so how, how did you manage to move towards mm -hmm. Germany? Um, I, in that moment, I started sending uh, other, other curricula abroad um, and to architecture studies that could give me the possibility to build uh, something bigger, <laughs> like stadium, for example. And so the first curriculum I sent was to Gempe, uh, an architecture office in, um, in Germany, Gerkan Margum Parna. Um, and I was surprised because after a few weeks, I received uh, a response, but it was not about my spontaneous application. It was an invitation uh, from them to take part in their annual workshop at their AAC Academy. It was the Academy for Architectural Culture, which was to take place in their Hamburg headquarters. And at that time, <clears throat> I wasn't aware of their academy. Uh, I was supposed to go, to, go to Hamburg uh, for about a month with uh, other architects from all over the world. Uh, to develop a project. And that year, the theme was a natural museum. Um, I thought it might be a great way to get to know the 
like uh, I can say the environment and to make myself know. So I, I accepted and the workshop was more or less so structured. Uh, we were like about 20 people. We were dividing into five groups and each group had a tutor who was already an established architect and who would follow the development of the project. And at the end of the month, each group was supposed to present a project. And during the initial part of the workshop, we visit a natural museum in Hamburg and Berlin. We visit important buildings such the Elb Philharmonie. And during the workshop, we had intermediate presentations in which also famous architects came uh, to make like corrections together and give us uh, a speech or a presentation. <laughs> Which architects came? It was um, this time it was only German architects and there was also like uh, one from uh, Frankfurt. It was uh, Forster. No. Foster, no? It was uh, Dudla. Ah, okay. Max Dudla. Yeah. The, um, and so it was like, it, it was interesting also to um, hear something different. And I can't tell you how much we work. Uh, inside the rooms, there were also sleeping corners for uh, little snaps. And sometimes we had, uh, of course, uh, to work at night too. But uh, it was really a, a positive experience. In, in which software did you work there? Um, there was uh, like all kind of software. You can also you, you can use uh, AutoCAD, Archicad. Um, it was like uh, Cinema 4D. Yeah, it was tra 3D Studio Max. It was all, everything. Yeah. Because all the people, they, they came from all, all over the world, they could... Which wo from where were your group? My group, it was like with um, um, an architect from Poland. Uh, Poland, yeah. yeah. Poland, one from uh, Vietnam, and one from... Italy. Yeah, yes, I'm from <laughs> Italy, one from Germany. Ah, okay, so from everywhere. Yeah, but it was like a really, really... It was a, a a good mix, and and how did it end up? How was the the project? Did you have a competition, or the goal was just to make a project? It was only to to make a project. At at the end, uh, it was like we had only one area, and we did like uh, there these four uh, different uh, museum, uh, five right? because the the group are five were five, and it was uh, it was nice also to see how the other group they develop the, the project. And um, you said how long? Five, five no, weeks? Yeah, it was like uh, one month. Yeah, oh. it was uh, four or five weeks. And um, yeah. Did they pay the expenses to go to yes. this workshop? Or? It was all expenses, yeah. And we stayed in a really cool uh, uh, hostel in the, the, the center of the city. And... Uh, so if they still, I don't know if they still do it, but people can go and check. Yeah, if yeah. They, um, but they do you need to be a, a graduated architect? Or you? I think so. I'm not sure about that, but um, there is like uh, the AAC website, so people can go there and see that. And at the end, I was really on good terms, not only with the 
other workshop participants, but also with the organizers. And um, so much so that, that once I was back in Italy, some weeks later, they contacted me again to do a second workshop, which was to take place a few months later. But at that time, uh, I was back to work at Sephora because as soon as the first workshop from Gempe to Hamburg was over, um, Sephora had called me back and offered me a six months contract, but this time full paid. And at that moment, I have to be honest, I didn't feel like uh, repeating the experience I had just had at the academy uh, and uh, to leave a job with a good pay. And so, but I would uh, obviously have been very interested in a job in their architecture studio. So that's why I refused the invitation to this second workshop, but we decided and we were agreed to an interview in Hamburg to work at Gempe. So I, I, I went there, I, was, I went again to Hamburg and I have to say the interview was, uh, had gone really very, very well. Um, I really thought that I would uh, receive a, a job. job. Offer, yeah. Yeah. Um, also because uh, once the interview was over, they showed me uh, the whole office, the place where I would work and even introduced me to the team. But unfortunately, however, a few days later, I received a cold shower. Uh, the position had not be assigned to me due to lack of work experience in Germany. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, in the time, I, I obviously felt uh, very downhearted. Also because in my, in my head, I really thought that after the conclusion of my second contract at Sephora, I could uh, transfer to Hamburg and uh, start to work uh, with Gempe. Um, yeah, so um, for all this reason, uh, considering that up to that moment, I had this <laughs> long distance uh, relationship with my girlfriend. I decided to join her here in Frankfurt, um, where she had just started working in a startup. Um, so I suddenly found myself in Germany, but without a job and without speak uh, the language correctly. So wait a second, you went to, so you didn't get a job in game pay and how long after did you quit your job at Sephora? No, it was uh, this second uh, part uh, in Sephora, it was only six months. So I only waited that the contract uh, was Finish. gone. Yeah, yeah finished. Okay. And then, and then you came to Frankfurt. Yes. And that's 2000. That was 2013, 14. No, yeah. 16. Yeah, it was uh, because 16. you're one year later than yeah, 16. Uh, how, so you're four years now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very good. It was, and so you yeah. came here, no German, and then you started studying German or how was yeah. the, um, I spent the first month sending curricula and studying the language. Um, I remember getting a lot of answer and they all said quite the same thing, like lack of experience in Germany. And so it was, uh, but it was not so bad because uh, after a month, only one month, a relatively short time, um, I found an architecture office and it was like, um, my girlfriend told me that in a city, 
50 kilometers from Frankfurt, an architect of her acquaintance was looking for a reinforcement for his team. And um, I was there, I did like an interview and uh, I started my, my test uh, probe site. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like the trial, the yeah, first like, six months. Yeah, it was about, uh, uh, but only two weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. They did two it's weeks. Really short. Okay. Yeah. And, and then you started working. And there. then I started to direct. And then I was also shocked because I they paid me also these two two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a culture shock yeah. when you come from Italy because they're like, Yeah, we are gonna hire you and we're gonna give you like money, like normal money and we're gonna treat you well and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they need Well, I, I, I don't wanna shit talk Italy, but they need to do better job people in Italy. If you want not to be shit talked then pay people good or pay them fairly. Yeah. And then how long did you work at that office? Um, I stay there uh, seven, eight months. Um, I have to say it was a small office, only six people, all German, uh, totally different environment from what I would have experienced at GamePay. <laughs> um, at first I thought I could also speak a little bit English, but I realized that from the first day that I could only speak German and sometimes dialect. <laughs> um, but... The projects were in any case interesting and they gave me a lot of um, confidence and we planned the renovation of a city center, a burger house, an extension, then an extension of office and I worked through the different phases, the project from the initial, con the, the fertile part, the concept to the executive drawings. So you gained the needed experience? Exactly. And then you applied to, to some offices too? Yeah, it was really like this. And um, I started after these six, these seven, eight months, I started looking for uh, uh, some other offices direct in Frankfurt because I really was tired of taking uh, an hour and a half to get to, the, to that workplace. And I wanted to work uh, again in a bigger and more international studio. And then I went to MOV and uh, there I met you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is how we met. This is the story about... I remember when the, um, back in the days when I was working there, uh, the um, secretary was passing by me and she said, oh, and we are going to have this other Italian guy. And I thought uh, probably it's an Italian guy that's born here mm -hmm. and then he's probably not a real uh, Italian And she goes like, no, no, it's like he's from Milano and he's here and he's just, I don't know, a few years, a few months or something. I'm like, oh, really, really tired. And then you came the first day and we were talking German until our boss didn't leave. And I was like, so you talk Italian. <laughs> you, you talk Italian too. Yeah, it was really nice. And I have to say that it was... Um... Yeah, we have this... Uh, uh, dream team days where we were uh, <laughs> yeah. 50% Italian team. And then our boss would come by and he would be like, don't talk Italian, <laughs> don't talk Italian. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> we, we did like uh, some competition together and we won some. So it was Yeah, fun. it was fun. It was fun it to was work fun. together. But, um, well, I want to tell you that uh, I was thinking while we were talking, because you say your dream is to build a stadium in uh, 2024. It will be Euro 2024 mm -hmm. in Germany. Yes, so I have to 
So not to put pressure to your bosses now, <laughs> but that's your occasion. Yeah, yeah. this is really a, a a big occasion, and I, I think that um, could be really nice. So, like you said, I have to speak with my boss. That I don't know. We have to plan a plan a, new plan, a plan a stadium. I don't know if they want if they're going to do something in Frankfurt because the stadium is pretty good here. Yeah, maybe a little bit to renovation or something like that. But uh, yeah, this is really a good occasion. We'll see in yeah, two years. Yeah, you need no, to to five, check years. it out. Um, I was thinking something else during the podcast. Mm -hmm. We didn't say hi to Antonio. <laughs> oh, so to Andrea. So as no, Andrea, we nominated him. Okay. And uh, Andrea has uh, the opportunity to decide if he wants to to come later on on the podcast and be the first uh, brother. That, uh, <laughs> This will could be like a, a good idea. And okay, ciao papa. Ci, of course. Ci vediamo uh, presto. Ciao Antonio, <laughs> ci vediamo presto. So thank you very much for doing the podcast. It was fun. You're the first one in the new studio, in yeah. the new flat also. Yeah, thank you very much. It was really a, a good uh, conversation with you. So it wasn't that scary as uh, no, no, I have to say it was really funny. A lot of people you. say that uh, they, when they listen to the podcast, they think it's very long, but when they do it, they think it's just five minutes. Yeah, so absolutely. This, it felt like death for you too. I can go like uh, two here. I can speak like two hours more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, because we needed to fly through the uh, through the topics. Yeah, but it was fun. It was fun. Thank you yeah. very much. Grazie mille, Georgi, come sempre, boss numero uno. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being here. Uh, um, no, we are forgetting something. Mm -hmm. So, uh, because all the people that come on the podcast can become famous, uh, where <laughs> people can find you on the internet? Or um, social, like LinkedIn, Instagram? Yeah, yeah I can say that uh, LinkedIn, for example, uh, they can uh, contact me there, Alessandro Cavarretta. And if someone wants to contact me also in Instagram, it's, it's also possible. Okay, then I'll put links to your accounts mm -hmm. and uh, people, if you're building stadiums uh, or people from MOV, if you're listening, <laughs> go fucking building stadiums. <laughs> and uh, of course, hi to all the people at MOV. I'm, still, I'm still friends with them. I, so yeah, also because a uh, great time there. I have yeah. to say, best office. I did a lot of uh, stuff there. Uh, so it's fun okay so thank you Alessandro and support yeah, the welcome. podcast go to follow the accounts of the podcast no, don't be the jack jerks just go press follow yeah okay. do it <laughs> bye people ciao. bye bye ciao ciao